You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome back inside another episode of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu, and this episode is going to be a little different. It's not even about some breaking Saints news about a you know an upcoming game because obviously we're still a couple months out from the season, but this episode is going to be about every New Orleans Saints fan's least favorite analyst, Chris Sims, and there's a lot of crazy takes that this man makes, and usually he does it just to beg for attention, especially this time around with his 2020 quarterback rankings, because when I get to it and you see where he has certain players ranked, you're going to be like, all right, yep, this guy's just crying out for someone to talk about his stuff. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about Chris Sims, his shitty quarterback rankings, and I'm also going to put a little twist on it uh, because let's put it this way. He had Drew Brees 16th, so I'm going to give you 15 stupid analysts that are actually smarter than Chris Sims, similar to the way he gave you 15 quarterbacks that aren't better than Drew Brees, but still gave you 15 anyway. So we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But before I get to that, guys, just want to let you know, this is a weird year in terms of there's not a lot of sports content going around. People are bored looking for things to do. And because of that, I'm actually creating a Patreon page. And what I'm going to do for that is add exclusive content on that page. Now, the podcast is still free. Nothing's changing about the podcast. You guys are still going to you know listen to it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. But what I'm going to add with this Patreon page, which, by the way, is just $3 a month, which is literally less than a cup of coffee, depending on where you buy your coffee. If you're going to Starbucks, you're probably going to spend less on this than you would on coffee. But that's besides the point. What you're getting with this Patreon page is access to exclusive Sunday pregame and postgame videos. That's going to be four Saints games. And while you're going to be thinking, well, Chris, the season didn't start yet. What are we getting on Sunday? I will do a weekly video for you guys, and I'll put it up um, until the game start. And once the game start, we'll go to the two uh, videos, the pregame and the postgame. So you'll get one for now, two when the season begins. You're also going to get access to at least once a week a column on the Saints. I already have one up. It's about Alvin Kamara and why I believe the 2020 season is going to be a huge success for AK, not just statistically, but also what he might get with his next contract. Um, so I dive into that for this week's column. And now it could change. It could be one column a week, could be two, could be three. It literally depends on the work schedule. Because here's the reality, guys. I work about 45 hours a week. If you're going to invest more time on the Saints, you kind of also need that extra motivation um, and investment to do so. And that's why this page is up. So you're getting the two videos. You're getting the, the columns a week. You're also going to be eligible for giveaways that are only exclusive to the patrons. And my next giveaway is actually going to be an Alvin Kamara Funko Pop. That's what I'm going to do. Um, I shared the picture on Twitter. So if you guys want to see what that awesome thing looks like, just go there on my account at Resvogel Report and you'll see it there. So you're eligible for giveaways. You're going to get first access to every podcast, including this one. Um, and this means it's coming out an hour or two hours before everyone else listens to it. You're going to listen to it on Patreon. You're also going to get weekly shout outs on every podcast. So at the end of every episode, I will thank the patrons who, uh, have helped this account, um, let it become what it has. And I'm also going to make sure if I'm not already following you on Twitter and Instagram, it's just a little token of appreciation. I will make sure I do so. Although I'm pretty sure I have that covered. So once again, it's the videos, the columns, the exclusive giveaways, the first access, the weekly shout outs and the follows all that for just $3. Um, and there could be more tiers that I could add. There just could be more rewards that I add, depending on how successful this ends up going. I put it up last night. We already have one in. Um, we'll see how this goes, but that's something I wanted to announce quickly. I'm going to leave the link to that, not only on Twitter, but in the description for this episode. And you guys could just search it up at Patreon slash straight up saints. Very simple to get to. Now let's get into Chris Sims. I know that's what you guys are waiting for. You want to talk about Chris Sims and why we hate the guy and why I think he sucks. 
Um, and I know a lot of you guys are sitting here just saying, oh, my God, we're going to roast him. And I am. Seriously, no, I'm, I am very excited to roast Chris Sims. The guy sucks. I think he's terrible. Um, and what I hate about him the most, and I know this is going to come off really weird, it's that he has his platform because of his dad. I think that's what I hate the most about the guy. Because some people grind their way to a certain position. Like, I'm going to just mention Dan Orlovsky. No one really cares for Dan Orlovsky. But Dan Orlovsky actually grinds to get to where he's been because you don't just hire a backup quarterback whose most famous moment was him running out of the back of an end zone just because, oh, you know, he's a reputable guy. No, he actually had to grind his way there. Granted, we don't have to agree with anything Dan says, but that's the point. Chris Sims is just the son of a famous quarterback who people want to say is a legendary one I guess you can and that's why he is where he is his dad got him there his dad got him into the into the league his dad got him a job where he's an actual high-paid analyst and I don't appreciate that but let's get into the quarterback list let's talk about it Chris Sims put Drew Brees 16th I swear 16th on the list and here's the problem with the list it's not a well who would you pick to start your franchise or who would you pick for the next three years it's literally who would you have for the 2020 season and he put him 16th. And which quarterbacks did he put after him? 15, Tom Brady, who, by the way, Drew Brees threw more touchdowns than in five less games. So that's interesting if you want to put that down. And he also put in at 14, Ben Roethlisberger, who only played in two games, had serious elbow surgery. And also, let's be real, he hasn't been that good. Big Ben is a Hall of Famer probably just because of what he's done in terms of resume. But Big Ben over Drew Brees sounds a little absurd. And I think most of you guys would agree. Um, and then 13th cherry on top. Who's there? It's Kirk cousins. And I have nothing against Kirk cousins, but if we're really going to say Kirk cousins, a better quarterback than drew Brees, then what the hell are we doing here? Like at some level, it's okay to have a hot take. For example, I've had hot takes, um, you know, after the saints lost to the Vikings, I was like, Hey, you know what? If the saints want to, you know, go with the younger quarterback, whatever, I'm all for it. Saying that 15 quarterbacks are better than a guy who had top five stats that year, and then bringing up quarterbacks who are clearly not better, it's a little ridiculous. For example, he hasn't been introduced on the list yet, but Kyler Murray is ranked over Drew Brees for the 2020 season. And I like Kyler Murray. I think he's going to be good, but that seems a little bit of a stretch. Let's keep going, though. Matthew Stafford ranked over him. Ryan freaking Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was literally a backup quarterback before the beginning of the, the 2019 season. And if Marcus Mariota doesn't shit the bed so bad, Tannehill doesn't come in. And also, Tannehill has completely schemed the whole league this year. I mean, he comes in, granted he's better than Mariota, but he's literally riding on uh, Derrick Henry's back, literally and figuratively, and that's why the Titans won a lot of games. And guess who got paid? Not Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill got paid. Tannehill got paid more than Drew Brees per uh, per year in terms of salary. I believe it was like 27.5, uh, which is a little bit too high for my liking. So Ryan Tannehill, a guy who is not considered a good quarterback by many people, is apparently better than Drew Brees. Uh, Dak Prescott, better than Drew Brees. I, I keep going down this list. Aaron Rodgers, who literally declined by a mile last season. He's better than Drew Brees, according to this list from Chris Sims. And let me tell you something. This is this list is so bad that I think you actually should check it out. Like, you know, there's some things you're like, oh, man, don't even check it out. It's a waste of your time. This list is so freaking bad. You should check it out so you can find which part of it you hate the most. Which, which part I hate the most, besides the whole Big Ben thing, I absolutely can't stand that somehow Cam freaking Newton is, over, is ranked over Drew Brees on this list. I know you guys are sitting there like, what the hell are you saying? Cam Newton doesn't have a job. Exactly. That's my point. 
Cam Newton, who's out of the league, according to Chris Sims, is better than Drew Brees. Which is weird because if that was the case, wouldn't he have a starting job in this league? And if that's the case, wouldn't he have multiple offers on the table? And I have nothing against Cam. I think he should be a Hall of Famer if he can get his career back on track. And I actually respect the dude. And I'll tell you what, out of all the players that the Saints have faced in the NFC South, he scared me the most every time they played because you never know what you're going to get with Cam. He was that dangerous. But he's injured. He's not on an NFL team, and yet, guess what? He's ranked over Drew Brees, who finished with top five stats last year, completes over 70% of his passes every year, and let's be real, if he doesn't get hurt, is going for over 4,000 yards, is going for over 30 touchdown passes, is having another stellar year, and yet he's over Drew. So in honor of Chris Sims giving us 15 quarterbacks better than Drew Brees, but the reality is maybe only five of them are, I'm going to give you 15 analysts that no one really likes that I think are better than Chris Sims, and let's get it underway Nick Wright, who absolutely sucks and his hairdo stinks too, is better than Chris Sims. Colin Cowherd, who literally is famous for just screaming before his show starts, I'm going to put him over Chris Sims. Communist Clay Travis, who, by the way, do not go to his account if you're looking for false data on important topics. Clay Travis is better than him. Ryan Clark, who hates New Orleans, even though he's literally from there and just despises them and takes a shot on them on SportsCenter every chance he gets, is better than Chris Sims. Damian Woody is better than Chris Sims. Nate Burleson, John Vilma, Mark Sanchez, who's literally famous for the fucking butt fumble, is better than Chris Sims. But I continue. Dan Orlovsky, Chris Collinsworth, Mike Florio, who has turned pro football talk into the TMZ of football, is better than Chris Sims. Maurice Jones-Drew, who has no neck at this point and has no knowledge of the current game of football, is better than Chris Sims. LaDainian Tomlinson, William McGinnis, and last but certainly not least, because this guy absolutely grinds my gears, Troy Aikman is better than Chris Sims. Here's my point. It's not who or what you It's not what you know, it's who you know. And Chris Sims is showing you every day. He doesn't know shit But guess what? His last name is Sims. He gets a seat at the table. He gets to tell you his opinion, and apparently it matters. But I'll tell you, this time I'm not going to let it slide because I've gotten into arguments with Chris Sims on Twitter before, believe it or not, because he is soft and he will reply if he starts getting shit. And he throws little jabs at the Houdat Nation in every YouTube video he puts up saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to say this and Saints fans are going to get all defensive. It's not about getting defensive, you dick. It's about putting something so stupid up there and fans are just absolutely sick of your horrible takes. For example... I put him on blast in November about what he said about Michael Thomas, who, by the way, if you don't have Michael Thomas in your top three wide receivers, you're literally just watching a different game. Like, I don't even want to argue with someone who doesn't have him in your top three. He really should be top two, and if he's not top two, he should be the first uh, number one wide receiver on your list. I know he is for mine. Chris Sims is sitting there going through the list. He's like, oh, no, I take Mike Evans over him. I take Tyreek Hill over him. I take Amari Cooper over him, which is really interesting because that's what? Mike Evans, who does he have across from him? Chris Godwin, that helps a lot. Michael Thomas has no one across from him, although this year he'll finally have Emmanuel Sanders. Amari Cooper, oh, that's interesting. He has Michael Gallup, who, by the way, people might not know, finished with over 1,000 yards receiving this past season. So that's pretty good. And now he has C.D. Lamb on top of it. He's got weapons to help him out and, and you know, avoid Amari getting double teamed on a constant basis, with, which, by the way, Michael Thomas does. Tyreek Hill, there's weapons everywhere. There's Travis Kelsey. Um, you have McCall Hardman, and by the way, you have Mahomes, whose arm is just absurd, and it's the perfect marriage between him and Tyreek Hill, and those receivers are all great receivers. I'm not denying that, but he goes out there and says, I take them over Michael Thomas. Then, okay, how about we put Amari Cooper in Michael Thomas's shoes and let me know what his numbers are going to be, because they're not even going to be close. They're not. 
you don't break the all-time single-season record for receptions by being an okay receiver that benefits from your system because if that was the case, the Saints can just let people go. They didn't need to pay Michael Thomas $20 million a year. You know why they paid him? Because you can't replace a Michael Thomas. If it was that easy, it would have been done. It would have. And here's the funny part. When he brings up Michael Thomas, it's, oh, you know, the scheme is good, his quarterback's good. Well, how is his quarterback that good if you said there's 15 quarterbacks better than Drew Brees? Like, where the hell does that go up? Like, two plus three is not four. I don't understand what math he does here to get to the the analyst, uh, the analysis and the predictions and posts that he comes up with, but it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. So I have a problem with his Michael Thomas take. I have a problem with his Drew Brees take. I also have a problem that he continues to say you can plug any quarterback behind that system and it will be perfectly fine because we saw... Yeah, the Saints won 5-0 with Teddy Bridgewater, but the Saints had to scramble and claw to get 5-0 with Teddy Bridgewater. It required a special teams touchdown against Seattle. It required a really good defensive game against Jacksonville because Teddy Bridgewater couldn't freaking hit Michael Thomas when he was wide open in the end zone. It required them to win without scoring a touchdown against Dallas because Teddy took a sack when he shouldn't have. And this isn't a show to rep Teddy Bridgewater because you guys know how I feel about him. I would have been fine if the Saints said, yeah, let's keep Teddy for a couple years, see if he can develop, and and let's roll with that. But the point is, you cannot be so blind and so ignorant to this issue because you just don't like that team. And I get it, he played for the Bucs, and I get it. He didn't have a successful career, so maybe there's a little animosity towards a guy like Drew Brees. But, dude, slow your roll. You have a platform that's very big because your father was successful, unlike you, and yet... You continue to spew out shit. Like, there is no way, no freaking way that Drew Brees is the 16th best quarterback in the NFL. You know how insulting that is? That At that point, you're literally telling people he's okay. And if he was okay, then the Saints would not be winning 13 games last season, 13 games the year before, 11 the year before that. You don't do that by being okay. You don't win seven games with the statistically worst defense of all time because your quarterback was okay. That 2012 Saints team, the fact that they won seven games was literally because of Drew Brees. And winning seven games is not something to brag about, by the way. It's just the point that with a bad quarterback, you're probably losing 10, 11, 12 games, and you're maybe only winning four of those. But you win seven because your quarterback's that good and he could throw for over 5,000 yards that many times. And he could throw for over 40-plus touchdowns. And by the way, he did that without his head coach, so that's interesting. So Chris Sims tells me that Sean Payton literally makes Drew Brees who he is. And I'm not saying the two don't need each other. The two are, in my opinion, the best quarterback-coach duo from a schematic standpoint. Not not a you know successful standpoint by Bill Belichick and Brady winning six rings. From a schematic standpoint, what Brees and Payton do is nothing short of amazing. But... Sean Payton's out for the whole 2012 season. We're talking about Aaron Kramer being the coach for four games and then Joe Vitt. And basically, Carmichael's calling the shots here, and yet Drew Brees still puts up a lot of numbers that, for most quarterbacks, would be career years. The interceptions, yeah, they were high, don't get me wrong, but that's when you press and you feel like you have to do more and overcompensate because you're missing certain pieces like your head coach, and that's what happens. But I guess we ignore that year. Um, if for Chris Sims, and we don't talk about that because it would go against our theory because we can't use data that actually shows that we're wrong and we're being a total dipshit, which is what he's been doing for the last couple of years with his Saints analysis. And I know a lot of people say, hey, Chris, why do you even give this the time of day? You're wasting your own time. You're basically recording a podcast about why Chris Sims is an idiot. Well, here's the deal. 
you eventually, in all t- in all things in life, this isn't just you know NFL analysis. This isn't just about football talk. You should hold certain people that say ridiculous things accountable. And I think Chris Sims, who continues to freaking push and 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 tries to see how far he can take this, needs to be held accountable. And let me tell you how much people hate him. It's not just me. So I put up a poll yesterday who has the worst takes on the New Orleans Saints and the three nominees were Coward, who you guys love to shit on, Nick Wright, who, you know, the jokes write themselves, literally, and Chris Sims. And it was 88 votes for Coward, 34 for Nick Wright, and 763 for Chris Sims. 763. So he won this thing in a landslide, almost by 700 votes. I'm not the only one who hates this prick. And, and honestly... It's probably only going to get worse because as the Saints get more successful and they win more games, he brings up more bullshit about why he thinks they're successful. And guess what? None of it has to do with the quarterback. And I haven't even been Team Breeze this offseason. I ripped the guy for the flag and and his comments with the anthem. I ripped him after that postseason game. I have been anti-Breeze more than I ever have. I have a love-hate relationship with the guy in terms of what he does on the field. But in no way, shape, or form will I ever say, oh, he's the 16th best quarterback in the league. Like, are you kidding me? And I, I got a message for Chris Sims, and I think this message should come straight from the great rock himself, and this is what we have to tell Chris Sims. It doesn't matter what you think. Literally, like 16th best quarterback? Oh, my God. I would love for him to put out a wide receiver rankings for the 2020, 2020 season because when he did one, I think going into the 2019 season, he had Michael Thomas ranked as like eighth, which is just absurd. And I guarantee you this dude would go as far to leave him out of his top three for the 2020 season. And he would put some bullshit in there like, oh, look at Cortland Sutton. Like he'd pull up a random name that has no freaking business on that list and be like, oh yeah, he's better than Michael Thomas just because guess what? Oh, the scheme works. Oh, his quarterback works. Oh, his 16th ranked quarterback is the reason he's good. Get that shit out of here, Chris Sims. It's such a waste of time, that guy. And yet I'm sitting here for 17, 18 minutes talking about how much I hate the guy. He makes my blood uh, blood boil. And I was actually on the Saints Happy Hour podcast with Ralph and Andrew. And we talked about it. He literally deserves to get dragged through the streets. Like there's a guy in terms of you know, he pulls up bullshit and people let it slide. He's not one of those guys you let it slide. When you have the chance to drag Chris Sims on social media, do it every single time. Do it. I advise it. And we even said, who would be the next guy that's worth dragging? And I said it'd be Nick Wright because Nick Wright comes after Taysom Hill all the freaking time. And I can't stand that either. Um, but we're going to let that slide because this show is about Chris Sims, not Nick Wright. Before I end it, though, we're going to change and talk a little bit about more Saints topics. I'm not going to just shit on Chris Sims for the entire 20-something minutes of this podcast. I want to talk about Alvin Kamara and what an important season this is going to be for the fourth-year running back. Now, obviously, Kamara dealt with back injuries, ankle, knee, you name it. He had that injury last year. It was a walking operation table, but he still put up pretty good numbers, over 1,300 scrimmage yards, and the big concern was the touchdowns weren't there, the explosive plays weren't there, him dodging tackles like he's in a movie, which he always seems to do, weren't there, him falling down and all of a sudden he shoots back up and goes for about 20 extra yards. That really didn't happen after week three, and that was a concern. Well, I'm here to tell you he's going to have a big season. I'm here to tell you that Alvin Kamara is going to put up numbers that replicate what he did in his second year with the Saints, where he had about like 18 touchdowns. He had over 1,500 scrimmage yards. And he was a flat-out beast, a top-five fantasy running back, but also a top-five running back in reality, which matters more than fantasy. Sorry for fantasy football players. That's just the truth. Alvin Kamara needs to have a big year in terms of contract and what he wants to get paid. 
Alvin Kamara will have a big year. And I think what matters most, it's not even just about the motivation of playing for a new contract, which trust me will do wonders for a young player who's in, I believe, 24 at the moment. But also what the Saints did this offseason, the Saints added a few more weapons like Sanders, um, Adam Troutman. And when you add new weapons like you did with Troutman and Sanders, opens up things. What did we also see the Saints do? The Saints started to use Latavius Murray more. So now, where last season Sean Payton was a little hesitant to give him a bigger role, he can give him a bigger role because he knows what Murray's capable of doing. We saw it against Chicago. We saw it against Arizona. He really stepped up with over 100 rushing yards in each of those games. Also, the Saints offensive line, which I think might be the most important thing here, they got better in terms of athleticism. I'm not saying, you know, getting rid of Larry Warford solves all the issues, but guess what? A combo of Cesar Ruiz and Eric McCoy is better than Eric McCoy and Larry Warford when you're trying to get your guards to swing out on pitch plays, on outside runs, get them out in space and screens. That's going to help. And guess what? That helps Alvin Kamara because Kamara will now have guys and blockers in space, and that's where he's going to make his money. That's where he's going to do his damage. And I think with 2020, with what's going on with the Saints team, they have the talent, obviously, to win a Super Bowl. We know that. But it starts with AK. You know what you get from Breeze. You know what you get from Michael Thomas. But Alvin Kamara is all that sizzle, all that pop that the Saints need to turn a great offense into the most explosive offense. And I think he's going to have a big year. Obviously, this is bearing an injury, but you hope that the injury bug hit him in 2019, not 2020. And I think he's going to have a big year. He's got so much at stake here. He wants a big contract. Guess what? You play well, you're going to get a big contract. Might not be from the Saints, but you're going to get a big contract. That's just the way the NFL works. And then you also have the motivation of this being Drew Brees' last season. You have the motivation of everything going on. If you guys read his Twitter account, his Facebook account, everything, the shit that this man gets for doing nothing wrong, being literally a normal, regular dude, he gets shit on. He gets he gets crap from, you know, morons about him going to a NASCAR event. Like, I don't think there's a player who has more motivation to bounce back this year than Alvin Kamara, and he heard a lot of crap from people. He's going to bounce back. I'm not here to tell you whether or not he's going to get paid by the Saints after this season, but I'm here to tell you he's going to make it difficult because he's going to play so well, they're going to have a decision to make. Do they pay a running back, which kind of seems against their uh, ideologies, but not just the Saints' ideologies, a lot of teams, because it's one thing to pay Mark Ingram back then when they did with like that four-year deal where they're only paying about five, six a year. It's another to pay a running back about $12 million per year, which is what his value would be right now, at least if he hits the open market, at least $12 million per year. And that, that is definitely a tough pill to swallow. But again, Kamara isn't a player that you can easily replace. It would take some time. Um, or the Saints just have to get lucky, which they did when they got Alvin Kamara. But that's all I have to say about him. I think it's a big year coming up for AK-41. And I wrote more about it, which you can see on the Patreon page. I put a long-form article on uh, why I think AK will be successful. A lot of it has to do with what I said, but a lot of it also I went in-depth for that piece, which you guys can check out on Patreon. But that's going to do it, guys, for this episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed me just absolutely roasting Chris Sims for about a good 15 minutes the way I did. Um, and I hope you guys, like I said before, if you really want more Saints content, I will continue to give it. It will be on the Patreon page, but the, the podcast will stay the same. Nothing changes there. Um, and continue to just, you know follow me on Twitter for content. Um, obviously you can't, I'm not going to change anything with that format. So just stay tuned guys. I mean, it's been a tough off season. There's not a lot going on. I'm trying my best here to keep everyone entertained and I hope I am, uh, succeeding in that regard, but that's going to do it for this episode, guys. I want to thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, leave a review if you haven't already. And until then I'll speak to you guys on the straight up saints podcast, either later this week or sometime in the next. And hopefully that will be with a brand new guest.